BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tribune Audio Network. Head in the clouds, exploring weather and why. And now, here's your host, the man who knows that behind every cloud is another cloud. Meteorologist Andrew Stutsky. Except this guest is awesome, particularly because she works with us here at WQAD News 8. And in fact, she's the newest face to the Storm Track 8 weather team. And of course, I'm talking about meteorologist Morgan Strackbine. Thank Hello. you so much for being on my podcast. Of today. course, always. So, this is exciting because, you know, everybody thinks somebody's leaving. That's kind of their yeah. first question. Like, yeah. okay, there's a new weather girl who's leaving. The good news is nobody's leaving. And we need to stress that. Nobody's leaving. It's been always a question for the past couple weeks now. Yeah. And I got the same question, too, when I came on board. Like, okay, is Eric leaving? Is James leaving? Like, no, nobody's going anywhere. Um, It's exciting because we're expanding now. So we have four people. And I think we're safe to announce this because it's been knowledge for a while. Yes. We're starting a new newscast here at WQAD. Yes. And that's where I come into play. So the weekend mornings is now going to be a thing. And yeah, it's been something that I feel like they've been trying to develop for a while and finally starting to get all the ropes down because we're only a couple weeks out from the beginning of that. And I'm really excited. And yeah, it makes it a lot easier to not replace anyone because I know people <laughs> really have favorites and I get that. And so it, it's just really nice to just be able to come and expand on an already great uh, storm team. Yeah, and let me tell you, it's not going to be long until your people's favorite, too. It doesn't take long. It didn't yeah. for me. You know, the first couple of weeks were kind of the introductory exactly. period. But, you know, after a while, it's like, oh, I like that Morgan Morgan lady. She's I hope so. Nice. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of that. So we have the weekend newscast coming up, and it's, it's kind of weird because I went onto YouTube a, a couple days ago, just searched for WQAD because I was looking for some mm-hmm. video for this uh, presentation I was helping our sales department with. And I didn't know this, but back in the day, we actually had a weekend morning newscast really? way back when. So it's kind of neat that we're revitalizing that Bringing old that tradition. Back. Yeah, I think it's going to be really helpful. Um, it's going to be a really good thing for the station, just having that... I mean, people are just hanging out on the weekend mornings. It'd be nice to, like, turn on the news, just see what's going on, and also get an update for your weather for the weekend because that's when people are doing the most. That's when most of um, the people are off work. So in order to have – be able to know, like, what's the weather going to be like if I have plans coming up and just to look at what the week ahead even is. So it'll be really fun. I'm excited. Exactly. And I I love that we're going to have live weather for weekend mornings because, boy, do I know. And now you know, too, how quickly things change. Yes. So it's going to be nice to have that up-to-date forecast as you guys uh, start out your weekend. So I want to kind of get an introduction to Morgan. We're going to find out more about you, where you came from, what you like, what you don't like, okay. what you're looking for. So just kind of start with the basics. Uh, where are you from? Where were you born and raised? All that good stuff. All right. Well, I come from Indianapolis, specifically Carmel, Indiana. If anyone knows where that is, it's about 20 minutes north of the city. 
Um, it's a very big suburb, very large. I graduated, I went to Carmel High School and I graduated with 1,107 kids. Wow. So there were almost 5,000 kids in my high school. Very big, but I really liked that experience. So it made college a little less intimidating people-wise because I went to Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana. Indiana, And the biggest thing that comes from Muncie, I guess, is what the most recognizable thing that Ball State has is the fact that David Letterman went there. Yes. And so he created a really good um, media program there. And I mean, of course, I majored in meteorology, so I really didn't do anything with the media program in terms of school. I just was parts of organizations. And that's when I got into like doing weather broadcasting. Um, we had a class where we got to like play in the studio um, that we had on campus. So that too. So I just developed into that. I didn't know I was going to go into this. Uh, like I knew I wanted meteorology, but I didn't know where I wanted to take it. So I, you could go, you know, national weather service, you could go private sector, all that stuff and I just kind of got involved with different things to see where I could potentially want to go and it turned out I really liked broadcast and that's seemed like that's where I wanted to take it because it's I feel like it's the best way to help the general public because like the National Weather Service is good for meteorologists and people who are knowledgeable in weather terms because there you can't really go on in there and like look at the <laughs> forecast discussion and know exactly what they're talking about right. if you're not um, educated on it. So I definitely wanted to try to just be like with a, it just seemed like a fun environment too, which I'm getting that here. Oh, absolutely. It's a very fun environment. Everyone's like, I see you're starting to be like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but I'm just joking when I say that. I really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, and you're right about, you know, we are the public-facing kind mm-hmm. of front of, of meteorology, yes. especially because we're at, we're on TV, we're on the air, we're on social. So many people, you know, we, we kind of put the face to the weather forecast, if you will, uh, for the public. Did you find uh, that you had a, an interest in weather at a young age, like a lot of my classmates did? We all had the same story, like, yeah, I was three, I was five, uh, six. Did you have that same kind of um, intuition? No, it was a gradual interest, which I guess is different. Mm-hmm. Um, I was terrified of storms, terrified of red on the radar. I would just see it no matter where it was in Indiana. Because, I mean, obviously I was in a large market where when they show the radar, it's the entire state of Indiana is being shown. So I would see, like, red up north, which is 100 miles away from me. But I'm like, we're all going to die here. (laughs) And so my parents had to, like, tell me, try to calm me down. Eventually through the years I got um, more comfortable with it. I would go out with my mom onto our like our back porch or our garage and watch storms as they would go through and it just kind of started to take an interest and it started to become like a well why is this happening why does this happen now and so I just kind of started to learn the signs just gradually my dad worked with meteorologists so he was a little bit had a little general knowledge on what to look for so I definitely learned that way but I guess there is always one event that sticks out to people and like the first thing that I can remember where I was like wow like, why did that happen? I want to know that. Is I was watching a storm in my back porch, and uh, my neighbor's house got struck by lightning. Of course, we went in right after that. You should never be out in any right, general right. vicinity of outdoors if that happens. <laughs> but the um, strike back turned green wow. after it hit the house. So we learned that it actually stru- uh, the lightning hit some electrical wiring with the house, and... Um, so it didn't get catch on fire, luckily, 
but it burned anything cut like in plugged into the wall. All t like all TVs were fried, all computers were fried. Everything had to be replaced because it was just it hit the electrical wiring and they lost all that. So it was very interesting to see. So I don't know if that was if that was caused for the green color of the bounce back or the sky, you know how it gets that teal color when Yeah. But yeah, still I should do research on that too. <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> because it still hasn't I just I now I understand like more about storms, but yeah, that definitely sticks out to me. Yeah, a lot of people seem to have that one event that, mm-hmm. that really kind of is engraved in their mind and kind of pushes them to, like you said, find out the the why and the how. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people get storms that drop tornadoes maybe on your next door neighbor's house, but nothing happens to your house. And so, yeah, I think it's that constant, um, you know, curiosity that kind of keeps oh, you yeah. going in this field. And that even continues once you go beyond college. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm finding. Um, kind of going to your college experience, favorite class that you had to take oh. out, out of your college experience? That's a good question. <laughs> I am to be going weather to say, either. yeah. I am going to say, well, it has to be weather because, like, <laughs> all my general classes weren't that fun and yeah. exciting. So I'm going to say my favorite class was weather analysis. Um, it was actually taken. I took five classes with one of my favorite professors ever. She was amazing, and I, I took that class with her. And it was kind of the first class that gets you to start to understand concepts. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, so we have, like, the beginning, the intro to meteorology, that basic information where you learn about the pressure systems, the fronts, and all that stuff. Well, like, weather analysis is that next step where you start to take a bigger picture. You start to learn about the maps that you see online, the the pressure levels, the uh, reading soundings and starting to get all really technical. So I loved that class because I feel like I already fell in love with weather before, but that just was like, whoa, there's mm-hmm. so much to this. Yes. So I really enjoyed that class. That was cool. Awesome. It is. It really is eye-opening. And yeah. it kind of puts everything together and it's like, whoa, this is all starting to, to kind of make sense. I remember mm-hmm. going through that same thing. What would you say your least favorite class is out of all of them? Calculus 2. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was the worst. Either that or differential equations. I had the hardest time passing Calculus 2. It was a night class, and it was two hours long wow. for two days a week. And, like, when you're there at six, from 6.30 to 8.30, I was just done for the day already, and I didn't want to do – I didn't. it's a four-credit-hour class. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And my professor was hard to understand. Yeah, she yeah. was – it was not good, and that was the worst class. It just sticks out to me. I will never go through that experience again if I don't have to. Yeah, it is an extremely hard class. And it's one of those classes that we call or refer to as a weed-out class, yeah. uh, especially early on for somebody that goes into meteorology. You may come in, you know, at the, the beginning of your class as a freshman and see 30, 40 people in your, your meteorology oh, class. I... By the time you go to junior year especially, you see that number almost drop in half. Did you oh, yeah. see the same thing? So my department at my school was smaller. We're not – hopefully we can, over the years, get a larger demographic sent to us because there's not very many schools in Indiana that offer a really good meteorology program. Yeah, very true. And so Ball State definitely started to build their way up there. Hopefully they can continue on that track. But I absolutely agree. Calculus 2 is definitely one of those classes that weeds out people. And if you, like, I know a couple people who have had to drop 
the major just because of that class. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, with my, I can't even remember how many people started out in my class, but I can tell you only three or four of us made it. That's a big so, difference yeah. from what it It was started. probably started out around we'll say the 12 to 15 range. And it's whether people dropped out completely, like went through four different uh, paths, or they just dropped down to the general meteorological study Mm -hmm. where you you don't take all those really tough math and physics. So it's, yeah, a matter of that. But yeah, I've seen a lot of people have to drop, which, I mean, that makes it almost like, more rewarding because I've seen like it was so hard I can back everyone up it was I almost (laughs) didn't make it in some classes so I'm not saying that I was a great straight A student because I was no way near that but definitely makes me feel very proud of myself to be able to have handled it absolutely I love that description too because it really does give you that sense of pride when you put in all that hard work oh yeah and then you're rewarded, of course, with your degree and, a, and an awesome job here at WGA oh, yeah. News 8, which is um, awesome in itself. Any storm chasing? Have you done any storm chasing at all? Yes. You know what? I should have said that was my favorite <laughs> class. I forgot it was a class. I did a storm chasing class at Ball State. Oh, it I'm was so six credit hours. So it was a lot, lot. But we spent one week in classroom. So this was during, after the spring semester ended. Mm-hmm. So a week after that, we did... Um, a couple in-class things because people because it's open to anyone anyone on campus is allowed to take this class obviously not many people do it's yeah. mainly meteorological students but we had a couple people who still weren't up to speed with the upper level classmen so it would just be going through the basics of like supercells and all the different types of storms that we see and going through um, interstates and geography lessons because we were going to be all over the plains so you go through all that, you take a test, then we set up a day to just leave. And it basically, there's no um, set route, set plan. You just kind of go, you start and you're like, okay, this is where we're going to spend the night for the first night. And then we're going to wake up. We're going to figure out where that largest storm chance is. And then we're going to set up. And that's basically it. We spent 18 days just continuously chasing. And I've went to, I want to say like either six or seven states I've never been to in my life on that trip. So we went all up and down the plains. It was so cool. Didn't see a tornado, which is something I still really want to experience in a safe manner. Obviously Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't think seeing my first tornado, like going through a city would be because I always get so heartbroken seeing uh, the destruction that they can cause. But seeing them in the plains where they don't really have much of a path to destroy. It's just all land and yeah, they can just... so open. Yes. And that's where I want to see it. So hopefully I can try to make that happen. I know it's probably going to happen when I least expect it, <laughs> not when I'm chasing and trying to find it. It'll probably just pop out of nowhere and I'll be like, wow! <laughs> that's just how it's going to yeah, happen. <laughs> just like the other day when you saw the funnel cloud yes, when you were in Iowa. Yeah, and I was in a bad situation for that and I was like, that is not the time. I was on gravel roads in a tiny car where I can't go fast or else I'd probably crash and I was at least a good three miles in each direction away from pavement. So I was, I saw that funnel cloud pop up. I was like, we just need to get to the pavement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That could be very uh, stressful. Yes, it was. Oh my gosh. 
Um, now that you're in the Quad Cities, you've been here, I think, for three weeks mm-hmm. now. Almost a month. Almost a month. It's crazy how, how fast time has I flown. Know. What has been your favorite part about the Quad Cities so far since you've been here? All of the events and people. Well, the events, it's uh, Ryan uh, from the station. I met up with him this weekend. And I watched the Bix 7 with him. And I was like, I am so surprised about how many things just go on. How many events, how many cool things that they the city puts on. And he was like, it's definitely, um, like, they try to do big city things, but in a little a small city feel like environment. And I was like, I, that's completely it. There's so much history and just tradition that goes on here. And I'm really enjoying that. And then also everyone's been so welcoming. Everyone from the station is great. Everyone I've just talked to outside of the station, just nice. So it's been really good so far. Yeah. And I think you'll, you'll find that continues too. I mean, the people here are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, not only coworkers, but just people that you'll meet in public, so warm and welcoming. And like you said, we have the big city amenities and mm-hmm. events, uh, Mississippi Valley Fair going on this week, yep. being one of those, some big ticket names coming in. But you still get that small town feel. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what has drawn me here to the Quad Cities, too. I'm from a small town, so I want to keep that small town feeling. But, you know, it's nice to have a Chick-fil-A down the road oh, or yeah. a Steak and Shake or any of these other big name restaurants that you can get to, like, you know, Olive Garden, my personal favorite. Um, I could eat there every day if I could. But, yeah, this area. Is just awesome for that. What would you say you're you're most looking forward to, at least kind of career wise, uh, while you're working here with us at WQAD? What's kind of one of your goals? I mean, I don't really have a specific goal. It's just to become the best on air presence I can possibly be, and I can definitely say it's going to be achieved with the people that I get to work with, including you, Eric, James, all of them. I've been told I am in the presence of a great team and they're going to help me so much. And I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to see the change. Mm-hmm. That's that's just, I guess, the goal, just to see the change and see where I go. Yeah, I mean, with, you know, not to brag on myself, but Eric <laughs> and James definitely, oh my gosh, with them kind of by your side, mm-hmm. it will just be a tremendous um, kind of growth for you, especially in the in the time that you're here with us. Um, oh, you yeah. will see an amazing transformation. We are so fortunate uh, to have their gobs of experience right here at, at our disposal, yeah. that is for sure. Um, coming up, you know, some of the weather topics that we talk about, uh, just to kind of get on the topic of some current weather coming in. Uh, you picked a great spot, of course, living in Indiana, you know what the Midwest exactly. weather is like, and we get everything. How has this year been, do you think? Like, just in your experience, personally, I think it's been crazy. It's been the craziest year weather-wise I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Every, and I tried to do research on this, tried to find a correlation between years and just the recent past, but it seems like when we have extremes, they happen in a yearly manner. So like the last polar vortex was 2012. Yes. And then the last major heat wave where we saw hundred degrees. No, that was 2012. Mm-hmm. Polar vortex was 2014. Yep. Uh, heat wave was 2012. But like this year we got those extremes and like some of the most major spells that we've seen in just 2019. And we've seen, you guys have seen, I wasn't here for it, but historic flooding. And we also had a very um, wet uh, spring. Definitely didn't get flooded because I don't really live anywhere that really can classify me into a flood zone. But still, we got just like that flash flooding where grass is always wet or anything that's not exposed to sunlight is just damp for days because it doesn't have the time to dry out before the next system comes in. 
But yeah, and then now we're in a drought. I don't know about Indiana. I think they're doing okay because it seems like every time I see it, they're getting, they get the rain that yes. misses us. Yep. But now, yeah, we're in a drought. This year has been one of the craziest years I've ever seen in terms of weather. Yeah, and it's it's amazing how many extreme phenomenon we've gone through. The yes. record cold yes. to start the year, then the flooding. Now we're getting into the heat and some of the drought. You know, it's not extreme drought by any means, but it's it just blows my mind how you can go from so much standing mm-hmm. water and the river being essentially 10 feet higher than it is right now so now us desperately calling and needing for rainfall. So it's like, oh, yeah. you picked a heck of a year to start here with us because we have everything under the sun going on with the exception of storms. I mean, it's been a very yes. quiet spring for us, severe weather-wise. Even summer now, it has been absolutely quiet. Our poor beast is sitting outside collecting dust. I want to go. Yes. I'm itching. <laughs> I think all of us are. I mean, uh, when Eric was last out, and I think that was our last big beast day. Mm-hmm. That was more than a month ago. Yeah. He had to go all the way down to Peoria just to kind of find something. So we, we really haven't had that here in the Quad Cities yet. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see just how the rest of the year plays out. How are we going to experience winter? I'm curious to see if we're going to be in pattern of ex- an extreme or are we going to be average? Like what if we just fall back to an average winter or like what if severe weather ramps up? Cause we know in transition seasons, we do see a little bit of a ramping um, more so in the spring than the fall, but still possible for severe weather to come. The only tornado in the past couple of years that hit Muncie was in November. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It was an EFZ like zero and no one knew it was tornado sirens didn't go off. But um, after doing a damage survey, they ruled that it was an EF0 that hit the downtown area. So it's just like you have no idea when severe weather especially could arise anytime. Oh, yeah. And it seems like our season knows no limits. Like you said, exactly. you know, November. I th- I've seen them here in January, February. Mm-hmm. We've even had December tornadoes yeah. occasionally. So there's no month um, that's safe from them at all. Do you have a certain area of meteorology that um, you favor more? For example, me, I'm kind of interested in the tropical side, hurricanes and stuff like that. I was going to say I'm starting to become a little bit more on that, the tropical hurricanes, just because it's the only thing that I really haven't experienced Mm -hmm. in terms of just weather, like strictly. Um, It's uh, something that maybe I hope to one day be able to be in an area to forecast for, but whenever they form, I'm always on the National Hurricane Center and always looking mm-hmm. at models just to see what it's doing and try to get a better understanding of it because I, it's just the one thing I haven't seen physically yeah. to be able to put, like, my knowledge into it. So, yeah, I'm definitely there with you. That's getting – right now, I mean, severe weather is always, like, a prime. Right, right. For, I'm sure any weather nerd could <laughs> will say that, but um, – yeah, definitely tropical weather is very interesting to me right now. Yeah, I'm right there with you on wanting to experience something. Now, I don't want somebody to go shove me in a Category 4 yeah. or 5 hurricane. Oh, yeah, no. But uh, I think just to be able to experience that, especially from a scientific standpoint, would be incredible as, as a meteorologist. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what also would be neat, too, is to see just how different that is time-wise. Because, of course, severe weather here, we may oh, yeah. have a, a few-hour window where we're going to have these rough storms. But when you're in a hurricane... You're talking multiple hours of severe winds. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to process that in my brain of just having that extreme weather go on for not just, you know, 20, 30 minutes like you will with a thunderstorm, but this is hours at a time. Yeah, it's very interesting. Just, I mean, you put it in great uh, perspective there because 
it's we've talked about it. We know that's what happens, mm-hmm. but to actually be stand like be in the situation and personally being like experiencing that, that would be crazy. Like I've never been in. I know that the inflow to thunderstorms can be very um, high sustained winds. Mm-hmm. And I, when I went storm chasing, we were actually standing in one and it's just a constant sustained wind of like 50, 60 miles per hour for who knows, 10, 15 minutes where you are. And I've never experienced that. And I remember I was recording it and I have a recording of me saying, I had literally have never experienced something like this before. And it's just crazy. And you think about it, it's like, yeah, that's cool. But to actually stand in it is a different story. Oh, yeah. Totally different feeling. And, um, and different. it's amazing, too, especially with storms, you can get those inflow winds, mm-hmm. which can actually be quite warm. Mm-hmm. I remember some inflow winds when I was uh, storm chasing in Iowa at one point. Extremely warm, extremely moist, too. Very oh, yeah. humid air. So you could literally kind of feel the storm energy going into itself, much different than a downdraft, of course, which, which is what we see a lot of here, yes. where you get those cooler rain, uh, cooled rush of winds. So mm-hmm. that's a, it's a really cool thing to uh, to experience. Um, kind of want to go back into some personal questions. All right. Favorite food? What do you what do you love for food? I love sandwiches. Oh. So basically, it just well, I love bread. So anything that, yeah, exactly. Who doesn't love bread? (laughs) So sandwiches are great because you can put whatever you want on a sandwich and it's between bread and it's great. I love sandwiches. Just, um, we just had the, uh, trying to find the best pork tenderloin sandwich and I love pork tenderloin sandwiches. That was fun. So that was great. Good start for me here. Um, but like subs, I love sub sandwiches. I love, it's just anything. I love that. Awesome. And since you love that, one of these days we have to go down. It's actually literally right down the road on John Deere Road. Okay. Um, Arthur's Garden Deli. It's actually based from my hometown. Oh, really? And they have a, a shop here. Yeah. And they do okay. a lot of sandwiches. They do cheesecake, yogurt, oh, yeah. all of that stuff. So we'll have to check that out. Oh, for sure. Uh, since you like that. How about for beverage choice, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Coke. Oh, interesting. Coke. I love <laughs> Diet Coke. Oh, wow. And McDonald's has that algorithm down. They have some secret. They just have it. It is the best. They do. We talked about this. Like, yeah. I'm not a Coke person. But you give me a McDonald's, you know, Coke that's coming out of the fountain, I'm good. Oh, yeah. I'm happy. And it it's is like, great. They got something in there. They do. But, yes, I'm a Coke person. Okay. Are you a Pepsi? I am a Pepsi person, oh, yeah. I'm not going to... I'm not against it. I'm not like strictly Coke, but I yeah. just Diet Coke is my is my favorite soda, That's so it just has to be. Yeah, awesome. I have to choose Coke. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna because <laughs> I drink it too, so I'm guilty. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Um, coffee. Oh, nice. Or like coffee chocolate chips, something like that. I just love coffee flavored ice cream. Uh, do you drink coffee? Mm-hmm. Nice. Love it. See, I can't. <laughs> I have to load that thing with so much stuff to. Now, I love the smell of it. Don't get oh, me wrong. So I could good. smell it all day. I could be in a coffee shop all day and just kind of soaking in the aroma. But I got to put so much sugar. It's like I might as well just be drinking raw sugar because I got to put so much in it to, I, to be able to tolerate it. I used to be like that. That's how I kind of got myself to drinking mm-hmm. coffee. And now it's like your taste buds alter and you want that more coffee flavor versus that sweet flavor. I still put cream and a little bit of sugar in my coffee. But... I'm getting to the point where it's like more coffee flavored is yeah. preferred. 
Yeah. You just build your way there. I'll have to see if I can do that. I might have to give that another try. Again, <laughs> see if I can jump on the bandwagon. Uh, dog or cats? Oh no, that's so hard because <laughs> I grew up with both. Oh no. Oh, yeah. Um, I have to say dogs because they're just they're more personable. They're easy. They they have more personality. Um, cats are great, and they're they're great to be have just company wise. Yeah. They just chill. But dogs, you can take them. I'm not saying you can't take a cat out, but they don't really listen. <laughs> if you put them on a leash, they're not going to really yes. know, follow you because they just do whatever they want. That's they're cats. Right. But dogs, you can train them to go with you anywhere and just they're they're more fun. Yeah. But cats are more laid back. I I want I'll probably get a cat before I get a dog because they're easier to take care of. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I want to get a dog. I specifically want a husky. <laughs> <laughs> I love awesome. huskies. And I love them because I went to NIU and that's our mascot. Oh, you know, I'm not there you partial go. to that or anything. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are awesome to they have. And, and like you said, you know, cats are like, you don't own me, I own you. Yeah, so exactly. cats are the ones telling you what they're going to do and what they're oh, not yeah. going to do. But you're right about the maintenance. Like cats, all you do is you feed them and you change the litter box and that's it. They don't and have to be walked and all that. Training and, yeah. is so easy. When they're kittens, you literally just show them the litter box a few times. They yes. go to the bathroom and it clicks. They know that's where they're going to go. Yeah. And yeah, so so much easier to train. Yeah. But dogs, little. it's it's worth it in the yes. end after all the hard training. I know. But they're definitely worth it. And they just give out so much more affection. You know, they you're, do. you're walking in the door, the cat's like, all right, you're home, whatever, <laughs> where's my food? Like exactly. literally pointing at the exactly. empty boil, uh, empty boil rather. Uh, but the dog's just like, oh my gosh, you're home, you're home, you're home. I haven't oh gosh, seen oh you gosh. in so long. <laughs> it's just nice to have that it is. when you walk inside it after is. a long day. They're funny. Uh, that's awesome that you want a husky, though. Bigger dog, which is cool. Yeah. I'm the same way. Uh, I haven't really had large dogs. I had, like, a Border Collie mix. He was a mutt. We say he was a Border Collie. kind of looked like uh-huh. one. Um, but then I had two Australian Shepherds. I had a toy, so he was small. And then I was supposed to have – it was supposed to be a miniature, but he was a little bit bigger than a miniature. Um, but still, they were both cute. I would have all of them again, too. I loved those breeds. Um, border collies and Australian shepherds are they're great but I just definitely want to experience a big dog and see what they're they're like yeah. and go on all the walks and oh, yeah. have them do the car rides oh, yeah. and make mom or dad babysit once in a while if you have to go on vacation oh, yeah. or the grandparents because your grandparents live close um, you were saying from Loudon, right? Mm-hmm. Which is awesome yes so my um, grandparents are from there and it's actually funny because if you look up our family history, uh-huh. not saying that you are, but <laughs> the my, the Strackvine family just ancestors came here first. So Davenport area is where they traveled to, they settled. Loudon is where you found a lot of that name too. Of course, there's not many of us left, but it's funny because my mom was like, "I wonder if anyone's going to just recognize the name just because they know that last name." Like mm-hmm. there you used to be a John Deere plant. That was called the Strackbine John Deere near Loudon. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because now one person has came up to me and says, I recognize your last name. And wow. that was John Ketz's wife. Oh, my was gosh. Beth. So it's funny because she actually has a, uh, like a superstition that we could possibly have a relation in like the farthest distance, but still 
our families could have some connection, you which is wild. Like a shared tree somewhere. Yeah. Wow. We have to figure that out. Oh my gosh! Yes, you'll have to get the uh, answer. What is it? Ancestry.com, I think it is. You can do yeah. that. Like DNA test and all that. And yeah. Well, she came up to me and told me about this story on, it's called the hat box baby. Uh-huh. And it's been a bit, it's honest. I didn't hear about it until like just this past weekend, but it's a huge story that's coming from Arizona and my name is involved with it. It has to do with like a girl who was dropped off in Arizona in like the 1930s, um, maybe earlier, but I think oh, it was wow. 1930s. Um, in a hat box, like a baby in Arizona. Uh-huh. And so she was obviously taken in, but she didn't know she was adopted until like later in life. So it's just kind of like the journey to figure out where she came from and like why she ended up in. It's crazy. And my, my last name is tied to that story, um, being possibly one of the parents, or I think they found out that one of the parents, uh, the mother is, is a strackvine wow. of that girl. So I need to read more about it. I'm very interested in it now. That's incredible. Yeah. Is it like, is it an article or is it a book or what is it? It is an article. You can find it on just Google Hatbox Baby and um, a a reporter from Arizona is doing like this full series on it and just like trying to figure out all this. It's like a mystery, but it's crazy. Yeah. It almost sounds like something you could make into a movie someday. I know. I know. I need to read. There's so much on it. A girl has done like a 20 or yeah, maybe a 10 to like 15 chapters on it on like, yeah, crazy. That's incredible. More proof, though, it's a small world. Yes, it is. A very small world. It's <laughs> amazing who you'll run into. I know. Well, that's going to kind of round up our time for this episode of Head in the Clouds. Meteorologist Morgan Strachbein, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm sure we're going to have you back because we'll talk about more weather stuff. And oh, yeah. Never ends here in the Quad Cities. That's Always for learning. Sure. Yes. Well, welcome aboard. We're happy to have you thank and hope you. you're with us uh, for quite a while. I know that I do. I know I'll be here quite a while, and I hope you join me on that same uh, journey and adventure. This has been Head in the Clouds. As always, if you have any topics that you would love for us to discuss, you can get our contact information by simply going to wqad.com. Hit the contact tab at the top of the page, and you can throw us your suggestions uh, via that contact form. This has been meteorologist Andrew Stutsky alongside meteorologist Morgan Strackbein. Thanks again for joining us for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you on the next one.